to press us forward, to push us forward, amen, into greatness. I was talking to some young men this morning, and, and I was talking to them about what they're doing in their ministries, and I told them that God is calling them to a place of greatness, amen. Uh, so many times we can uh, be complacent and we can get into a place of mediocrity, amen, but God is calling each and every one of us to a place of greatness. Can you say amen? And so we find that there are many Christians today, amen, that are praying that prayer of Jabez, amen, uh, uh, that prayer of uh, bless me, Lord, amen, and enlarge my territory, amen, give me an increase, and that's great, and that's wonderful, amen, but however, I, I hate to burst somebody's bubble today, uh, amen, but not all Christians are ready to be blessed of the Lord. Amen. Not all Christians, Brother Richard, are ready, are in a place where they can receive God's goodness, where they can receive the, the full blessing of God, the entirety. You know, God has a lot that he holds back from us. Because not all Christians are, 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 are ready to be blessed of the Lord. Amen. Allow me to explain that with several points that I laid down here in my notes. Because there are some that are praying for God to, to bless them financially, but can't give a tithe or an offering of what you have right now. Amen. And you're asking for God to move on your behalf. But you fail to congregate. You're asking for a new car. But right now you're behind on your payments. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, not everybody's ready to be blessed. Amen. And, and I know I, I hear Jesus and the smirks and the looks. And, but that's the reality of it is that God has so much for you and, and I. But not everybody's ready for that blessing. Amen. There are those that want a, a half a million dollar home, but you just got evicted from the one you live in. Amen. You want success and you, you want prosperity, but you fail to be responsible and put in the work. Amen. You want a strong marriage, but you fail to have order in the home. Amen. You want a godly home, but you refuse to clean house. Hallelujah. And so there are many Christians today, amen, that, that desire to be blessed and they want more, Brother Howard, and they should have more. Amen. But not every Christian is ready for the blessing. Can you say amen if you agree? Amen. It got quiet. It's going to get better. Amen. That was just my intro. And, and so the reason that I use these analogies, because naturally we are, we're, uh, we're sensory people. Can you say amen? I, I use these sensory... Sen Sensory analogies because 
We are sensory people. Can you say amen? In other words, we live our life by our senses. We live them by, our, by sight, amen, by, by sound, by, by taste, and by smell, and by touch. That's how you and I, we, we live our life, amen. We live by that, the, the sensory, and because we live our life by, by these senses, uh, we base our blessed meter by these senses. Can you say Amen. Amen. One day I drove up in my truck, uh, Brother Howard, to, to an individual's house. And then I got down and I was talking to him and they said, man, Pastor, you're blessed. That's a nice truck. And I thought to myself, no, I'm blessed because I have the Lord in me. I didn't say that. I thought it. Amen. God's good to you. I said, no, the church has been good to you. And I said, no, the, my job has been good to me. Amen. Well, the church has been good to me. Don't get me wrong. Amen. But I didn't buy it with church money. Can you say amen? Amen. That was my point. Amen. But we bless. We, 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 we have our, our blessed meter on those things. Amen. Let me show you. Amen. Let me show you. Because I see that new car in my driveway, I'm blessed. Amen. Because I feel that name brand clothing on my back, I'm blessed. Because I can eat steak and lobster every day, I'm blessed. Because I have X amount of money in the bank, I'm blessed. But can I tell somebody today, Brother Albert... That it's not about the car that I drive. It's, it's not about the clothes that I wear. It's not about the steak and lobster house that I can visit every week or every Saturday or every Sunday. It's not about the little bit of money that I got in the bank. It's about who God is and what he has done that constitutes my life as being blessed. Amen. I'm blessed because he gave his life for me. I, you know, I was watching this uh, uh, a brother, a friend of mine uh, sent me a video this morning. And, and it was so powerful because the question was asked, uh, if God is so merciful, then why are so many people, why is he allowing so many people to go to hell? And this guy looked at her and he says, what do you mean? Since the day we were born, we were destined for hell. Oh, you guys missed it. God is so merciful that he provided a way out. Amen. He's so merciful. Amen. That when we were born, the Bible says uh, that we were conceived into sin, that we were sinners from birth. Uh, so what does that mean? I already had destitute. Uh, my, my destiny was already to be in hell. But guess what? God said, no, Larry, I'm going to do something that's going to change uh, the course of your life. Uh, that's going to give you a way out. Remember, he says uh, that you will not go through anything uh, without me making a way out for you uh, and for your family. Hallelujah. So we were all destined to that place. But then God stepped in and made another way. Amen. 
And so it's not about who God, it, it's not about the material things. It's not about the stacking up. Hallelujah. And that's great and that's wonderful. We should all stack up. Uh, amen. Uh, and live the, the, that kind of life. Amen. Uh, but don't forget about who God is uh, and what he did. Amen. Because that right there uh, constitutes you being blessed. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Amen. There's a huge travesty in the church today. Huge travesty taking place in Christianity today. And this travesty is that people are being destroyed through this misconception. Can you say amen? They're being destroyed spiritually because the Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, it says this. We're talking about the sensory things because a lot of times people, oh man, Sister Janelle, you got a beautiful home with a pool. You're blessed. Huh? You walk in and you see a brother with a 75 inch screen TV. You're blessed. You see a sister walking around with a Louis Vuitton purse or an MK with those Michael Kors, Michael Cross. Amen? Oh, that sister's blessed. Amen. Right, Brother Albert? That sister's blessed. Man, did you see what Brother Albert ordered at Texas Roadhouse? He can afford that? He's blessed. Amen. I saw it last time, Brother, I saw you there. I saw it. Amen. But that's the misconception. Amen. That's the misconception. Or they see a, a church with, with 500 members. Oh, that church is blessed. Because they see all the bodies in the church. And so because we're visual people and because we're, we're sensory people, our, bless, our blessing meter is based off of what we see, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch. Amen. But the misconception of that is that people are destroyed in Hosea 4 and 6. The Bible says that my people, we're, he's talking about us. He's not talking about the ones in the world. He's talking about you and I. And he says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Amen. And he says that because we lack the knowledge and understanding of what the word blessed truly means. Amen. And because of that, we have a tendency to use that word so casually. Amen. You know, one of the things that my wife and I, it, it gets under our skin. Amen. And, and we, we have some Hispanic in us so we can say this. Amen. We have some Hispanics and, and those that, that, that are Hispanic and, 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 and come from that culture and come from that ideology and, and come from that uh, a home and, and a lifestyle. You know, you know this, don't act like you don't, that when you're a child, everyone that child comes in contact with is your tia or your tío. Amen? Everybody. Your friend walks in. 
go say hi to your tío. Huh? The neighbor walks in. Oh, that's your tía. You better be nice to her. As a child in a Hispanic home, everybody's your aunt and everybody's your uncle. And that term is, is just thrown out there and it's used so casually. Just like the word blessed. Amen. Can you say amen? Come on. I'm not trying to insult nobody. That's truth. I remember being a child and the drunk friend would come over. Go with your tío. I don't even know him. Go sit with your tía. What? That's not my tía. I don't even know that individual. Be nice. Huh? Come on. You guys know it's true. Watching, you know. Give me a hand clap. Amen in here and online. Amen if you know that's true. Amen. Everybody is your tía or your tío. Amen. And so when we look at the word blessed, uh, it's, it's more than just a, a casual word. It's, it's more than just a, a sensory reaction. It's more than material things. Amen. The word blessed means to, to be equipped. It means to be equipped and endowed. Amen. With power to succeed. Amen. And I'm going to break this down to you, church, because I, I want you to listen to me closely. Amen. Because there are a lot of teachers and preachers. Amen. They're, they're teaching the, the prosperity message and they're, they're teaching the, the, the prosperity and the success in the, in the natural. Amen. And that's great. And that's wonderful. God wants you to live the best life. Amen. Just like we sang right now. Amen. He wants you to go from a, from a hoopty to a benzo. Amen. He wants to bring you from rags to riches amen he wants you to be blessed uh, uh, like that he wants you to have nice things he wants you to have a nice clothes he wants you to dress uh, appropriately and nicely amen he wants you to to have uh, all of these nice things he wants you to have those things but it's not based uh, uh, the, the our success and prosperity is not based on how much uh, money we have or it's not based on a, on a, a position or a title Amen. For you and I to be successful in the word of God means to be victorious. Amen. Because none of those things make you victorious. They just make your life a little easier. Amen. How many of you agree with me today? Amen. Yes. To be successful in the word of God means to be victorious. And you're victorious when you overcome. That's when you're victorious. You're victorious when you, when you overcome adversities, when you overcome obstacles, when you overcome setbacks and failures. Amen. When you can overcome yourself. That's when you're victorious. You know, there are so many people that are tied up right here that they can't be victorious. Amen. 
And so God is, is desiring, amen, that you and I become victorious by overcoming Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, one of my most favorite scriptures. Amen. The Bible says this, that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Amen. And I thought about that. And I started digging in and and looking at uh, uh, what that train they were talking about. And what I found out was that in those days when a king defeated another king in battle, the train of his robe was cut off and it was sewn onto the victor's robe, making it longer and more glorious. And so what the Bible is saying right there is that God is the victor. God is, is, is blessed because he overcame the world, the Bible says. Amen. And every king out there had their robe cut and sewed onto God's robe. And that's why Isaiah said, I saw him sitting in a high place and his robe, amen, his victories, amen, his overcomings, amen, filled the entire temple that where people was at amen can i tell somebody today uh, that if you've overcome adversities uh, and you've overcome setbacks uh, and you've been able to overcome failures amen uh, then your train becomes longer and longer and more glorious in the sight of the lord amen So it's your train that reveals how blessed you are, how victorious you are. Next time you go around your brother, check their train out. Amen. The train. Amen. And see how long it is. Because too many times we're looking out the window to see what they rolled up in. Amen. That's not what makes you blessed. People need to stop saying that, oh, I just bought this car and I paid cash because I'm so blessed. Amen. How are you so blessed and you can't give a tithe and you can't give an offering? Amen. And so, so, oh, somebody give the Lord some praise to my, this morning. Oh, fighting with the devil up here. Amen. That's why the door is open for people's trains to go through. Amen. It's like a wedding dress. Amen. You know, I, I guess the, the longer the wedding dress, amen, the more money an individual is supposed to have. How many of you had a long wedding dress? I don't remember my wife having a long wedding dress. Amen. It was a little train. Amen. But that's how you can tell when an individual is blessed by what they can overcome, that they don't stay stuck in the rut, that they're not there in the mud, spinning their wheels and not going nowhere. Amen. That you become victorious. Why? Because you you plowed out of that mud and you pressed through and, and you allowed that lifeline to grab you and to pull you out. Amen. That makes an individual blessed. Amen. 
Can you say amen? Amen. And so in our portion of scripture, amen, that we read today, it spoke of a man by the name of Jacob. Amen. And we all know uh, who this man is. We've heard the story, amen, uh, preached and taught many times here uh, from behind this pulpit. And a lot of the children have heard about who Jacob is, amen, in the uh, Sunday school classroom, amen. And, but we opened up this portion, this sermon with this very familiar portion of scripture by the name of Jacob, amen. And his name, how many of you know what his name is? Means. Amen. His name uh, means a surplanter. Amen. It means a, a, a trickster. Amen. And, and deceiver. Amen. That was Jacob. Amen. And while him and his brother Esau were in his mama's womb, they were already at war. They were already battling. They were already fighting. Amen. Jacob was already living up to his name by trying to steal the birthright that went to the eldest brother, Esau. Amen. And so the Bible lets us to know that Jacob tricked his brother and, and that he deceived his father. Amen. And that his life was, was one of, a, of, of, of trickery and, and lies and, and deception. And he, and he took advantage of his weak brother. Can you say amen? Uh, who was going through a little something in his life. Amen. Uh, he took advantage of that situation and he, he tricked him and he deceived him. Uh, amen. But you know one thing that Jacob did was he overlooked. Amen. Galatians 6 and verse 7, because the Bible says that God is not deceived, that God is not mocked. Amen. And so whatever a man lays down, amen, that's what he's going to get back and return. And so uh, the world calls it karma. Can you say amen? What comes around goes around. Amen. You see, but we can trick those people that are around us. We can uh, uh, deceive those that are around us. We can lie to those that are around us and deceive those that are closest to us, but we can't get over on God. Amen. Because God is not mocked and God is not deceived. Amen. So, so don't tell me that the word of God is not true. Amen. Don't tell me that it's not true because a little further in those scriptures, you find that his own uncle deceived him. His own uncle tricked him. His own uncle took advantage of him. His own uncle Laban gave him a dose of his own medicine. But you know what I found strange there? Is that in spite of all of Jacob's trickery, in spite of all of David's, uh, uh, Jacob's deceitfulness, and in spite of all of his lies, God still shows favor on him. Oh, just mess some people up, huh? Does that mean I can continue lying and deceiving? No! That's not what that means. But in spite of all of Jacob's behavior and trickery and misleading and, and lies... 
Amen. And deception. God still shows favor. God still increases his wealth. And God still increases his possessions. Amen. And so Jacob is not busy living a blessed life. He's busy living a sensory life. Because all the way up until he wrestles with this angel, nowhere does it say that he is blessed. All that it says is that he has been increased. Oh, come on, somebody. I checked it. Go back and check it. I made sure because I didn't want to stand back here and then you go check it. Amen. I checked it in every version. And so he was busy living a materialistic life. He wasn't living the blessed life. He was living a materialistic life. And guess what? He knew it. He knew it. Because in verse 26, he says this, I will not let you go until you bless me. Now, why would he say that if he was already blessed? If he was already blessed, he would have said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me some more. And so he knew that he wasn't living a blessed life. He knew, amen, that he was just living a sensory life, a materialistic life. And he knew that it wasn't a blessed life. Because he told the angel of the Lord that I will not let you go until you bless me. And so why would he say that if he was already blessed? I'll tell you why. Because it wasn't until he got to the place called Jabbok. That he was blessed. You know, I meant to, to, to bring a bucket up here and, and some water. Brother, bring me, bring me that bucket over here. Bring me that bucket over here. It's catching that little leak we got. Brother, throw me a bottle of one of those waters over there. Just toss it up. I'm a good catcher. It wasn't... Stand over here, brother. It wasn't until he, Jacob, got to a place where he poured himself out. Amen? Thank you, brother. It wasn't until he got to a place where he poured it all out and he emptied his vessel. He emptied himself out before God. It wasn't until then, Brother Howard, that, that God was able to bless him. Why? Because he wasn't full of himself no more. He was poured out. He was empty. And God says, when you're not full of yourself, then you can be full of me. Amen. And that's why God needed to take 
him to a place. Remember, we read in the scripture, the Bible says that he sent his two wives off, that he sent his cattle off, that he sent his wealth off, that he sent everything. He signed it all over. He gave it all up. And he found himself at Jabbok completely poured out of his sensory stuff, of the materialistic stuff, of himself. And he said, God, I stand here empty. It wasn't until then, and it's not going to be until then, church. It's not going to be until then that we are completely empty, an empty vessel before God where he can fill us and bless us with his spirit. Amen. And so it wasn't until he got to the place of pouring out that he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I got nothing else to lose and I got nothing else to give. And so if you and I, church, that are here today, Christian brother and sister, fellow brother and sister of mine, if, if we can get to a place where we're not full of ourselves and we're, we're not full of our money and we're not full of our material stuff, we're not full of our possessions and we're not full of this and we're not full of life and we're tired of living a lie. We're tired of tricking. We're tired of being dishonest. We're tired of railroading people that God can bless you. Amen. It's not until then. Amen. Because God is not going to bless fake. You got to come real to God. Can you say amen? Amen. I love that my wife said that over the week. She was talking to me about that. And I was like, whoa, whoa. You're giving up my message. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. It wasn't until he got to the place called Jabbok, amen, where he, he found himself alone. He, he found himself broken. He, he gave it all up and he said, you know what, God, just, just fill me with you. That's all I want. You know why? You know, and you're probably asking why. Well, well, God, why did God show favor? Why did, you know why? Because God is not a liar. And back in those days, the reason why the blessing or the, uh, the, the inheritance, amen, the, the, the blessing of the father, not that one, the natural one, Amen was given to the eldest son because it was, the, the responsibility was going to be placed on his shoulder to watch over the family. It was going to be placed on his shoulder to provide for the family. It was going to be placed on his shoulders, amen, to look after the mom and the, and the kids and the uncle and, and everybody else. And, and so that's why the increase always went to the eldest uh, so that he could take care of the rest of the family. It wasn't because he was blessed. It was because it was needed for the rest of the family. And the blessing never came from God. It came from the natural father. It's like me getting, it's like us getting our oldest son and saying, look at, we're handing everything over to you because you got to take care of all the other eight kids and all their families. 
Better not do that because I already know my son. He going to tell everybody, no more kids for you? Better not have no more kids. Better not have no more kids. Don't invite nobody over to eat either. We ain't got no money for them. Amen. <laughs> but the blessing didn't come from above. It didn't. It came from Isaac, the father. Amen. And so he finds himself in a place where he's broken. But what I want to point out today, church, that is huge in the Christian life today is that, yes, he found himself broken. He found himself lonely. But he finally found himself in a place where he can reckon with his past. Oh, come on, somebody. He found himself in a place where he can reckon with his past. Because all things had to be put away. And he couldn't bring his past into God's future. Amen. Remember, he was hiding out. Wasn't he? He was hiding out. And in order for him to have changed his name and to change his ways and to be right in the sight of God, he had to reckon with his past. He had to do away with the ugly. He couldn't bring the ugly into the pretty. Amen. He had to leave it there. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says that if any man be in Christ, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. And all things have passed away and all things must become new. Amen. And too many times we're trying to step into our future with our past on our back. Amen. We're trying to step into our future with our past backpack on. And God says, you can't bring that in here. Because that don't, it didn't work for you then, and it ain't going to work for you now. Amen. And so you see, a lot of people don't recognize. They get so caught up in the, the sensory. Man, Jacob was blessed, even as a deceiver, even as a trickster. God bless. See, I could still live my life the way that I'm living it, and God will bless me. No, that's not what was happening. That right there is the, 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 the misconception that I was talking to you about. Amen. That's the, the spirit of lies and deceit that comes in and makes us think that, that we can live that kind of life and, and still be blessed. We're not blessed. Remember, when Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, what was one of the things he did? He took him to the highest peak of the mountain and he says, hey, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all that your eyes can see. You know what that let me know, Brother Richard? That he's got, he could bless you with material stuff. 
He could bring it into your life. And many times he's bringing those things into people's life so that they think they're blessed. And I could just continue doing what I'm doing. I could continue to be unfaithful. I could continue to be uh, this. I could continue to be a Jacob and be blessed. But it was trickery. Because Jesus Christ said, man, you need to get away from me. Amen. And so I found this very interesting Because it was time for Jacob to finally reckon with his past. You know, there are some people that that are living in their past. Always bringing up their past. Always bringing up their past relationships and their past marriages and their their past this and past that. And all what I used to do and what I did and and all before I came to the Lord and all this other stuff. And God says, hey, aren't you in Christ? Didn't all things pass away and all things became new? And so Jacob needed to let that go. He needed to pour himself out of everything that took place from then behind in order for God to do a new thing in his life. Amen. And so, and then you know what else caught me was that the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with a man that appeared out of nowhere. Come here, brother. Stand over here on this side. The Bible says that Jacob wrestled with the man that appeared out of nowhere. Can you imagine if I'm here right now and then all of a sudden he appears and I jump on him and I start wrestling him? He's all, whoa. Yeah, that's what Jacob did. Whoa. What happened? You thought I would, bro, I still got it, bro. Thank you, brother. He's all, yeah, you do. I ain't messing with pastor no more. Huh? You imagine that? A guy came out. Can you imagine being in the market and you're waiting there and a guy came out of nowhere and starts wrestling you in the market? He's like, hey, what's wrong with you, bro? Get away, man. What are you doing? You're all there with a half Nelson on the floor and he's got you like this. And that's, that sounds funny, but that's what happened. The Bible says that a man appeared out of nowhere just appeared and just started wrestling with Jacob. I know it sounds funny, but that's what the Bible says. Amen. Just start. Can you imagine, sister? You're in line at Chipotle waiting for your food and somebody jumps on your back and you're just like, what the heck? Hey, man, relax. Take it easy. <laughs> I mean, most people would be like, yeah, come on, let's go. And you're all just like, but I'm sure Jacob was shocked. He's like, whoa, what happened here, man? This dude just came out of nowhere. That was funny. I sat in my office and I laughed for a long time by myself. My wife says, you're crazy. You laugh at your own jokes. I could sit there and I'm laughing. You laugh at your own stuff. It's funny. The word of God is funny like that. When you use your imagination... Somebody comes out of nowhere and just starts wrestling with you. Just, you know, do, uh, we're going to stop already. It's not funny no more. Amen. But check this out. Check this out. They wrestled in the physical. 
They wrestled in the physical, the Bible says, until the break of day. Man, God knows how many, it could have been hours. I'm sure they were exhausted. I'm sure they were tired. Wrestling for hours, you play for a little, a little bit. If I play with my boy of five minutes, I'm dying. I'm like, like our dog Duchess all laid out on the, on the towel carpet with my tongue hanging out, breathing all heavy. Trying to find a cool place to lay. The Bible says that they wrestled until the sun came up. Amen. And this man, the Bible says, caused Jacob's thigh to be out of socket, to be out of joint. Now, this is important because it wasn't until Jacob came to a place of total humiliation and submission, amen, that he went from his past to his future in God. Amen. And you know what? He left Walking different. How many Jacobs came into this house and wrestled with God and wrestled with man, amen, until the break of day. And God changed your name. He changed the way you walk now. He made you different. Can you say amen? Amen. He changed you. You don't, you're here for a year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You don't walk the same. Why? Because you done wrestled with God. You done wrestled with man. You done overcome adversities. You done overcome failures. And you gave up your past for your future. Oh, give God a round of applause, somebody. As we come to a close this morning. Amen. Amen. Let us all stand to our feet this morning. That's powerful stuff. That's powerful stuff. Because we should walk out different. After every situation. You know. That a tree grows better. It gives off more shade. It gives off better fruit when it's pruned. I don't know anybody that's going to go out and try to prune and shape a dead bush. You might go out and find out what's going on. Maybe the drip line is plugged up or maybe the timer is off. But when you know that it's dead and you know that it's done with, you pull it out and you get rid of it. Jacob understood that. He understood that he needed to deal with some stuff in his life. And the moment he made the decision and surrendered 
and came in total submission unto the Lord, God said, now I can fill you. Now I can bless you. People are going to know you're blessed not by what you drive or what you live in. People are going to know you're blessed because of the train of victories that you carry on your robe. That when some adversity came your way, you didn't throw in the towel and cut and run. Too many people cutting and running, bobbing and weaving. But not Jacob. Because once Jacob humbled himself before the Lord, he was changed from trickster, from deceiver, from liar, from manipulator from thief he was a thief he stole Esau's birthright he changed his name from Jacob on that day to Israel and the name the meaning of his life now changed with it He went from being all those things to now being the one who wrestled with God. The Bible says that he saw God face to face and he did not die. You know what that tells me? That I could see God face to face too and not die. That I could wrestle with God and with man and not be overcome. Blessings didn't come by way of material things. It came by way of victory. Let me tell you, victory. His blessing was that he was victorious. It came by way of him overcoming. Overcoming what? Overcoming his past. Overcoming his reputation. He overcame the Canaanites and he he overcame evil. And so my question to you that are here in person and that are online watching, are you ready to be blessed? Are you ready? Are you ready to change your blessed meter from sensory to spiritual? Amen. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. We're going to open up the altar because I believe that a lot of us have been living with that type of of meter in our life. And we need to come to God and, and ask for forgiveness. Amen. And there may be some that maybe you find yourself today in your own personal Jabak. Maybe fear is gripping your heart. 
maybe depression, maybe trying to hold you down or hold you back. You may be troubled or perplexed or even persecuted on every side. But I come to tell you that in the midst of all those things, all those troubles, you need to hold on to the hand of God. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm barely holding on by a string. And I said, well, let that string be the hem of his garment. Amen. Because God is calling every one of us to a place of greatness, to a place of victory. And he's not trying to do it with stuff or with money or with material things, but with the ability to overcome, to overcome the evil one. To overcome the battlefield of your mind. To overcome when you're judged by God's word. To overcome the world. Amen. This altar is open. For those that desire to pour themselves out before the Lord.